0: Okay, our text is in Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read the first three verses here. In this message that I've titled, Has God Spoken to You Lately? And, you know, sometimes I'll uh, just be joking around with, with somebody, and uh, we had one young lady getting ready to go back up north and all that, and I, I said, just a minute, wait. God just told me you've got to stay here. You know, and, uh, and of course, Uh, we'd laugh about that and I was joking with them but the truth of the matter is sometimes people say God spoke to me about this and God didn't speak. God didn't speak to them. Okay. And and so God does speak to us. So has God spoken to you lately? So let's just read these first three verses. God is letting us know right up front who this is from. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And, hey, by the way, If He's the heir of all things. Now just think of this. We are joint heirs with Christ if you're saved today. So that's just a special blessing in and of itself. Who being the brightness of His glory. And the express image of His person. Oh the more you get to know Jesus through the Word. The more you know the very person of God. A lot of times when I counsel couples getting ready to get married and come in for the premarital counseling, one of the things I tell them, and every one of you couples that have been married a little bit uh, can say the same thing. When you got married, boy, you really thought you knew that person. And somebody evidently pulled out that thumb drive and put a new thumb drive in them because that's not the person you thought you knew everything about. Okay, and of course, uh, now you're getting to know each other, to know the person of each other. Well, here with Jesus Christ, we get to know Him, His person, the person of God, through the Word of God. And upholding all things by the Word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Well, let's have order of prayer. Father, I pray, as we go into your word today, I pray that you would just make it clear and understandable. Bring things to the heart by thy Holy Spirit that I can't do, that I may not say, Lord, I want thy spirit to give understanding because it's your word, and it's your message. And so, Lord, I pray that you would work mightily through this today. If there's one in this auditorium that is without Christ, or perhaps one listening by radio, watching by live stream, if there's one who does not know that they died today, that heaven's their home, I pray that today they'd come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we would ask this in the name above every name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We just read that first verse there of God who at sundry times in diverse matters, spake in times past unto the prophets. You see, God spoke to them. And it wasn't just in an audible voice like you're hearing me right now, and it may not have just been in that audible voice just just uh, saying something to you. You don't want me saying it. Uh, Just saying something to you like that, and it's just as clear between you and myself as we speak to one another. But there were other ways in which God spoke in times past. Uh, for an example, He spoke to Moses. Uh, he spoke once through thunder and lightning as He was on the Mount Sinai. At Horeb, we read that God spoke to Him through a still small voice. And that's how He spoke to Him. To Ezekiel, He spoke to him through some glorious and mighty visions. To Daniel and to Joseph, by the way. He spoke to them through dreams. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times people had a dream and want you to interpret the dream, and really it's God trying to speak to them, and they just need to listen to God instead of trying to make something out of it. You know, you've got the Bible, you've got the Word of God, you've got something, I just mentioned Moses and Daniel. They didn't have the completed Word of God. There is nothing to be added. If you've got a a King James Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, everything complete, you've got the completed Word of God, there's nothing more to be added to it. It is forever settled on Heaven and in Earth. In both, Heaven and Earth, it's settled and so there's nothing to be added to it. You've got the Word of God, so you have a dream, and you say, well, I think that's from the Lord. Check the Word of God, because there's no error, no error in the Word of God, unless you've got a perverted version of the Bible. So, uh, to Daniel, Joseph, it was through dreams. To Jacob, it was via an angel. To Abraham, it was in human form of two messengers. You might say two angels, but took on a human form. Now, he said at sundry times. The word sundry has the idea of different parts. But it's the idea of different parts to make a whole. At different times or different pieces, parts and pieces of this, I believe it's probably at least eight years ago. I'd had, uh, I was trying something new. I, just so you know something about me now. I do on a prescription, 40 milligram. I call it Prilosec. They've got the technical name for it. I just call it Prilosec, okay? I, I don't try to learn the names. I just try to learn what I'm supposed to take, okay? And that's it. Okay, I got on that. Then I started reading these things about what it could cause. I was going to die of cancer of Of the stomach, or something like that, just by reading the internet, because there's nothing wrong on the internet. And uh, so, I I started. Well, was there other things? And so, as I started searching, they talked about all these natural causes, these natural uh, foods, these natural everything. If you'll do this, do this. Take this, take this. Uh, So, uh, I really just got the best at Walmart on their vitamin shelves. Okay, and and so I got those things would take them and before too long I'd be eating food I'd swallow and I'd pass out swallow and pass out did that a few times so I went back to a doctor it was a different one than I have now but I went back to the doctor and uh, just studied a little bit more I said well I think it's going up against that vagus nerve in there when I swallow it's probably too big a piece to swallow and uh, I said I just need to go back to my Prilosec quit trying all this natural stuff and he said, well, okay. And he said, why'd you go to natural stuff? I, I said, well, I read this stuff, and, and it said it could be because of stomach cancer. He says, yeah. He says, that was a test they did years ago, and that's, they found some people that had that. But they've continued to test it. That's not true. Oh. I said, okay. Well, they didn't put that in their articles, <laughs> you know. And so he went on, and, and he says, but you do need to get tested for this. I says, what? Well, I know what it is now. No, you don't. He says, you know, my brother, that same thing happened to him, eating food, passing out a couple times, then he died. You know, you love to hear that from your doctor, you know, just love to hear that. It's one of those things that you just look forward to hearing. But, um, so, he had me do all kinds of heart tests. I mean, there was one I was walking up and down stairs. Then I was seeing how long I could walk. And then it was... Uh, this dye they put in you and, and so forth, and they look at everything. And then they had others, uh, hearts uh, tests that they would do where they're just looking at your heart, and they said, look at the screen, that's your heart, you know. And, and, and so they have all those things going like that, and it seems like in every place, this is no lie, every place I stopped and had le- these tests, they would say the same thing, you're older than me, but your heart's in better condition than mine. Now, I was happy with my heart's better than mine, but I didn't like them saying, you're older than me. Yeah, I mean, you got one foot in a banana peel, you know, and the other foot, you know, is towards the grave. So I, uh, but, but uh, they would say that to me. Then I had the MRI, the head scans, all of this. And I went back to the doctor. Finally, after everything was finished, you had all these different parts, all these different things. And what would he tell me? He says, you just need to go back to your Prilosec. <laughs> now, nonetheless, I mean, it wasn't bad. All, this, all those tests were necessary, I guess. But all those tests, they, they, they were what you call really sundry. Different parts, different pieces. And yet, they were diverse. They were different times. But they all were for the benefit of one body. That's the Word of God. Over the history of its being written by holy men of old, it was put together as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And those words were written down, Some like to say, well, God used their personality. No, God, the Bible says it's inspired, it's God-breathed. They just wrote down the words and God could trust them to write the words. That's why they were holy men of old to write those words. All of that was for you and me. It was for us to have the Word of God. And we have it today, and it's preserved for us today. And so, it had a purpose, a purpose. You ever think about that? The Word of God had a purpose. It would reveal to us Jesus Christ. So, this is how God speaks to man. He speaks to man through the Word of God. We see it. This through the scripture as it is explained to us in various scripture passages. Now understand, I said uh, earlier about you have a dream, and you think that's it. Go to the Word of God, because nothing that God speaks to you will ever, ever, ever contradict the Word of God. It never will. And don't set a standard for Christ. Instead, you come up to His standard. Come up to the standard of the Word of God. And so, we read here in some passages, I'm going to give the Scriptures. First of all, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 and verse 25. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, You see, the first time that you were born, you were born of corrupted seed because you inherited a sin nature from your parents. You were born of corruptible seed. But by the Word of God, the new birth is through the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. That's why it's without error. Now, to call the Word of God contradictions within it, is to say God is a liar, because it does have contradictions. It's not without error. Well, that's not what he says here, is it? It's incorruptible. That's the incorruptible seed that we're born again by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And that's important, because God uh, expected that this Word Should be preached in all generations until that eternal reign is set up. He he wanted it to be preached that souls may be saved. That was his intention. That was his desire. He wanted the word to be preached. And as a result of that, we have salvation preached to us and we know the word of God. Now we go on, verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth. Forever. I believe that in heaven. I look, I've read books, some great scholars and everything that just know far more than I would ever hope to know, and yet after a while I'll see something well you know what? That guy got that wrong. He got that wrong. Now he can go back and look at mine and said, He got a whole lot wrong. But I could see that's wrong because that's not in tune with this, with God's Word. God's Word does not contradict itself. It doesn't contradict. If you think there's a contradiction, you know what that means? That means in your spiritual understanding there is an ignorance that does not realize that you don't understand what God is saying in one place by context and what He's saying in another place by context. There are no contradictions in the Word of God. None, whatever. So, this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you, he says in verse 25. Therefore, the way of salvation, there's only one way to know that way of salvation, it is through the word of God, whether it's read, whether it's given to you in a tract, whether it's preached, explained, or whatever, anything that is in a tract, anything that is preached, anything that is explained, but it's outside this word, not according to this word, is wrong, and you're headed for a false hope. The word of God is always right. For an example, John 14:6, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth and the life, no man comes unto the Father but by me. God's not going to weigh your good works against your bad works and you'll make it. It's, it's not going to happen that way. Jesus said, He was the way. He was the truth. He is the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Him. But not just that. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. God will never save. You know how wicked that person's been? You know how evil that person's been? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't call God a liar. The most wicked of people can be saved. we were sharing this morning how Jesus said in John chapter 7, for out of his belly shall flow rivers of water, of living water. That person, saved, gets right with God, and out of his belly flows rivers of living water. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. That's the living water that should be flowing through us. Just by what we've already read, just these two simple verses here in 1 Peter that we've read, that should tell us that God has You, as a believer, me as a believer, each of us as believers, not due to our position in life, but due to our salvation, we each have a call to be a witness, to be faithful. Now, I'm glad each of you are here. I'm glad you're in church. Your neighbors aren't looking out the door and just saying, huh, I wonder what they're doing. They're probably home. They're probably doing this. They're doing that. I wonder if they'll go to church. Well, pastor, you don't know my my neighbors are not saved in no good church. I know they look to see if the neighbor that claims to be saved is a hypocrite or not. Why would they want what you have? And so again, you're faithful because that is part of your testimony and the power in the witness of God that you're faithful, and God can use you, and you have nothing in your life that's hindering the Holy Spirit of God. And so, salvation, it must be received, and it must be received by repentance and faith in that shed blood of Jesus Christ. Should Brother Gary today, I think that one of the things, you know, we, we, people have places where they travel. They have places where they travel. It may be see, uh, the remember the mountain with all the places of those presidents up there on it and then maybe over to the Statue of Liberty or maybe uh, over the Swiss Alps. Just different places around this world that are beautiful or, or just really stand out. Wonders of the world we call them. But I think that there's a wonder that we're going to see in Heaven that's going to be there forever and I don't think we'll ever get used to it. It'll be that mercy seat that has that shed blood of Christ on it there in heaven and we'll realize the great love that Christ had for each of us even in while we were yet sinners Christ died for us but that verse started out God commendeth his love for us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us oh what a monument of love Psalms 119 105 says this thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path Our radio program, The Lamp and Light, starts out with that verse every uh, broadcast. And it is, it is, the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It shows us how we are. It shows us about ourselves. It shows us that something needs to be changed. It shows us something needs to be added. It shows us whatever needs to be taken care of. It, it is that. It's a lamp unto our feet, and it's light unto our path. It shows us how we ought to walk, how we ought to live, how we ought to do. And by, way, it won't be by adjusting to the culture. It'll be by adjusting to Christ. It is adjusting to the right culture. You see, this culture changes, but Jesus never changes. And so, Uh, He has lamped my feet and lightened my path. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all, the deaf people, all, okay, all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. How's it going to direct your path? Through the Word of God. So have you heard from him lately? Has he spoken to you lately? You know, if you're not daily in the Word, you don't meditate on the Word, you don't think on the Word, He hasn't been speaking to you lately. Some say, I don't like to go to church because He preaches this way and I just get under conviction, I don't like it. Maybe God's trying to speak to you. And, and, and so you won't read the Word and then you won't hear preaching because you don't like what God is saying to you. And by the way, I'm not God. It's His Word that I'm preaching. It's not my sermon. It's His sermon. And so we trust in Him. And so His Word is always truth. It's good to be daily in the Word of God. It really is. But think on it, meditate on it, and it will tell you the truth. You see, you can be. Just all over the place and things and all that, but I I know that God wants to speak to you. That's why I titled the message "Has God spoken to you lately?" Because it may mean no, because you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention to His Word. You're not paying attention to Him. In in uh, First Timothy chapter four, verses thirteen through fifteen, we we get this. Uh, Admonition. Till I come, give attendance. And when you say give attendance, we mean pay t- close attention. This is something of accountability. I mean, if it's on a job, now listen up, pay attention. Because you're going to have to reckon with this a little bit later. Pay attention. Okay, you know they're telling you to pay attention, you better listen, because you're going to call, be called to an account. Give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Now, you say, what in the world does that mean? Back in that day, when this was written, they didn't have the Bibles. I mean, we or two, three, four, five Bibles, a lot of us, in our own homes. They didn't have that. They didn't have access as we do. You know what they'd go if they wanted to hear the Old Testament? They would go and sit in a synagogue somewhere and listen to them read from those passages. If it was something for the New Testament had been written, they'd go to their local church, letters had been sent, they'd been sent out. Sometimes people try to copy them down, but we didn't have copiers. They had to be handwritten to copy it, just word for word, to have the Word of God preserved. That's why they, uh, over the years, would count to the middle of the page and make sure the same Word was there on each copy. If it wasn't, they started completely over. So, understand, that is part of it. That is the reading. The reading was important. They had to give attendance to reading. Some of them couldn't read. But if the Word of God is read, you can give attendance to it. Listen to the word of God. So they would do that. Exhortation. God speaks to individual Christians, being being uh, by hearing it read, reading it themselves, and being taught doctrine. You must learn doctrine for Satan will try to imitate and confuse you with deceit. Get to know the doctrine of God's Word, and the only way you're going to get to know that is being be in it. Read. Listen to preaching. Listen to it as it's uh, spoken and taught. Make sure it's according to the Word of God. Meditate on it. Think on it. You see, we get up a day, and we say, okay, not this today I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, do this. And, and, and you get those things accomplished, but the one thing you don't get accomplished is the most important in your life, and that is the Word of God and prayer. And you go home, you're patting yourself on the back. Man, I got this done, I got that, I made that sale, I did this, I did that. And you feel like, man, what a successful day. And one day you're going to find out before God that that was a failure day. Because he had something far more important to say to us. And, and I don't want to be like that for any of you. And so, you have that the exhortation. Sometimes people don't like exhortation, they don't want to hear exhortation. But it's important that we exhort them, that we tell them, we preach the Word of God. Being taught doctrine, learning doctrine, you'll learn the devil, when he tries to imitate, it sounds good. brother Woodard in our class today was giving us a thing on contemporary Christian music, why it's an abomination. Uh, When I first heard that term CCM, you know what I did? I changed it. I called it RRM, religious rock music. I couldn't call it Christian. That's not Christ-like. So why would I call it Christian? It's not Christ-like. Now, I say CCN today, or Christian contemporary music, only for one reason if I say that, is because people, what do do they mean religious rock music? You see, it can't be Christian because it's not Christ-like. So it's got to be, it's in the name of religion, so it's religious rock music. It's wrong, it's filthy, it's evil, it's sin, but nonetheless... Hey, we like it. Yeah, see, you're gearing it on what your flesh likes instead of what the Spirit responds to Jesus Christ. That's why the question is asked, is He speaking to you? He probably is trying to. But you won't listen. You won't even go to where He's speaking. You don't have to get up and get dressed to go where He's speaking. It's right here in His Word. And so, listen to Him. And then you know when the devil's trying to deceive. Knowing the Word, then you can also know His voice in your heart. You see, He gave you His Holy Spirit, and as you grow to know His Word, the Holy Spirit of God that He gave you the moment you got saved begins to interpret that Word for you. Helps you to understand it. Every time you get up and read the Bible, Lord, please teach me, help me to understand this and and give me discernment in it. You say, what do you mean discernment and understanding? Discern, to know between the spirit of truth and error. Truth and lie, truth and deceit. Because the devil tried to even mess up your Bible time. So, you pray, you pray, and ask the Lord to help you to understand Uh, Brother Lloyd was sharing with me uh, back several weeks ago about people said, well if you go to that church you only hear him preach on salvation. I want to be fed. You know they said that when my dad was a pastor. They did. They said that when my dad was All he preaches on is salvation. I wonder if the people got saved through this ministry over the years or, and are now gone to heaven are sorry that we preach salvation. But more than that, they want to get fed? Okay, let me feed them this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the gospel is power to them that believe. So, if it is not power to you, when you hear a salvation sermon, it just makes you mad, then my friend, you are so backslidden, you are so far away from God, you are spiritually immature. You need to hear the word of God because the gospel is power, and you're lacking the power of God in your life. You see, there is a difference. What has God said to you lately? He may speak to you through my preaching, but I hope He even speaks more to you through His Word so that when the Spirit moves in your heart, you'll know that's the voice of God. Listen, I've got children, and I've got a wife, okay? <laughs> it's good to have a wife with children. Hey, take care of your kids. <laughs> um, but I think about that. You know, I met her before I met the kids. Okay? That might, that might register. Uh, but, you know, I've got a daughter. She's my favorite daughter. Of course, she's my only daughter. I think. Now, we've had uh, four miscarriages, so... I may have a daughter. May all, maybe all four of them are in heaven. Maybe God was merciful to them. But uh, I, there's four of them in heaven. I don't know if they're boys or girls. But I have a daughter here on earth, and she's my favorite daughter. Now, sons, <clears throat> mm, mom's favorites. Okay, uh, <laughs> really. I mean, when they call, I know their voice. I know they don't have to identify them. I, I know that. But you know what? Still, even though I'm proud of my kids, I really am. I'm proud of my children, each of them. Proud of them, love them. But the voice most familiar to my ear is her voice. That's the one that's most precious. Of any voice on earth, that's the most precious voice. Now, as a Christian, the most familiar voice that we want is not just what our spouse is. That should be the most familiar to you on earth. But the most familiar voice should be the voice of God in your heart. And He's going to speak to you through the Word of God. And He's going to speak to you sometimes through exhortation. But always read the Word of God and then think as if you're going to teach it to someone. Think on it as if you're going to try to help someone. Meditate on it. Lord, how would I teach this to someone? Why? Well, God may use you that way. Maybe you can share it with someone that day, and they might have something that, oh yeah, you know, from that Word, guess what? This, and they'll tell you something, and you got something just then that you didn't even see yourself in the Word. God can give you things that way. And He has spoken to you. Sometimes people get under conviction in their sermon boy that pew is just held on to like that they're not going forward man I'm not going to go forward people are wonder, huh what's he going forward for what's she going forward for yeah no wonder yeah she should be down there he should be down there people have that attitude should have been down there long before you go okay and if people wonder what they're going down there for they should be down there really but when's the last time you sat in a service and God spoke to your heart, whether it's an evangelist, whether it's a Sunday school teacher teaching a lesson, whether it's in the preaching time or whatever. Maybe driving down the road, listen to WTYG, FM, 107.1 on the dial, and also 91.5. <laughs> okay, but you're listening to it, and there's a preacher on there. Maybe it's Lester Roloff. I mean, that guy's been dead since the 1970s. And you'd think that he was somehow reading today's newspaper. But maybe it speaks to your heart. That's the time to get it right. Grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. But my friend, let me close this out by saying you you can't grow a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you're not going to hear from Christ until you listen to His way of salvation. It's not doing the best you can. It's not keeping the Ten Commandments and you can't keep them. And let me tell you what, this preacher can't keep them. It's not keeping the Ten Commandments. It's not doing the best you can. It's realizing that you're a sinner. You cannot remove your sin from you. You cannot cleanse your sin from yourself. Your sin has to be removed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you come to Jesus Christ to cleanse you. Now, Brother Bill St. Louis, he is working upstairs and he's redoing the uh, dressing areas for the baptistry and the baptism. Great. I mean, it looks good. Doing a great job with it. He always does. I mean, he made this pulpit that we use up here by hand. But what I'm saying, uh, if I said, man, I need a new pulpit here and I try to make it myself. I guarantee you it's not going to look like that. (laughs) It's not going to even be close to looking like that. I will make that look like a great masterpiece of art when they see what I make. Me getting rid of my sin is even a worse thing. I can't take my sin away, Christ did, when He died on the cross, shed His blood for our sin. He paid the penalty, but it's not applied to us until we receive Him as our Lord and Savior. But you're willing for Him to take take your sin from you to cleanse you, and you're also turning to Him as the Lord and Savior. He's the husband, you're the wife. He's the head, you're in subjection. That's what it's got to be for me and anyone who would receive Christ. Why? Why did I say that? The Word of God, we've just been reading. He's the only way of salvation. So today, I don't ask you, are you saved because you got baptized because that won't save you? Are you saved because uh, you got perfect attendance in Sunday school? No, that won't save you. Is it, Are you feel like you're saved because you were confirmed? No, that won't save you. Now, what it takes is to believe that Jesus died on the cross, you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, but He's the one who can, and you turn to Him, knowing that He's going to do it all. When we get caught up to, to be with the Lord then we can sing it even more clearly with greater understanding and worship. Jesus paid it all. Amen. Oh, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but He washed it. He made it white as snow. That's my Jesus. Let's bow our heads.